everyone. Welcome to Time to Head North. I'm Natasha Ryan, your host and VP of Communications for the North Group. With me today, I have our CEO, Steve Hernandez. Steve, hello. Hello, everyone. How are you? What are we talking about today, Stephen? Tell everyone. I think we're talking about GSX. We're doing a little after action review. We are indeed, because it was such a great conference. As usual, we got to catch up with so many of our friends, colleagues, and those moments are so pivotal, right, in relationship building and maintenance. And I'm just sad to say it only happens once a year. I would like yeah. to have it happen more where we all can be in the same area at one time. Well, you know, it was a great conference. I, I can't tell you how, how much I just enjoyed seeing everyone, um, everybody from the Kindness Games, that crazy crowd, Tim, <laughs> Lee. Uh, got to Chris, see a lot of people. Mary, Kekisha, yep. the list goes yep. on and on. Got to spend a lot of time with uh, the beloved Scott. You know, he's great. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? Shout out to who else? I'm trying to The think. list is so long. We also love our, our other crew, Chuck Randolph, TK. Yep. Everybody Scott from Ontic. Ontic had a great booth. I just I just want to say that Ontic's booth I think was amazing. It was kind of like in the center of everything. Yeah. But um, phenomenal. Uh, loved seeing everything going on there. Um, you know, we had a we had a standing uh, kind of uh, we had a great presentation. I, I don't I was blown away at the support for the presentation we did. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's let's break it down by day and night. I think that'll be helpful for so. Steve was not able to really make it in on Sunday, but I flew in and was able to attend Texas night and Canada night. Of course, Texas night, courtesy of Chuck Andrews, Cowboy Chuck, as I like to call him. And then Canada night was put on by ASIS. And Texas night, I'm sorry you missed, was huge this year. I mean, there was so much going on that it was hard to get to everything, right? But it was good to see folks there with their setup. So Ray Secure, Will Plummer had a setup there. I ran into Chad from Metro One, Carlos Francisco and Scott Walker. All, all of the, the crowd was there. Uh, Jeff Slotnick was there. So it was a great, great group. Um, and then the TKG group was there, Mike Petty. And then we had our good friend Pippa Greenberg come in just to spend some time with us. She arrived on Sunday. So it was good to be able to experience Texas night from like a social networking standpoint. I got to meet new people, make new friends, really enjoy like hair down right before the meat of the conference began. And then at Canada night, um, our good friend Allison Sand showed up. And so it was just it was a great way to kick off the conference because it let everyone kind of be themselves with their hair down. And it was just, it was a great night as far as like entering into the whole, the whole thing. Right. So, so Monday morning, we got to present on the evolution of leadership. And what struck me was the room was full and, and yeah, I, thought, who would have yeah. thought the room would be full? I didn't. I was like, I just hope 10 people show up. Right. Yeah. I was going for three people and I knew Tim was going to be there. Lee, Lee, Lee had a meeting and I was expecting like one or two others. So I figured it was going to be, but there were people in there that I had never met. There are people in there that we've known for years. 
Yeah. Uh, the outpouring of support for that was just phenomenal. Um, the feedback that I've been getting day in and day out has been, I mean, just this morning, I, I had, you know, some 19, 20 uh, LinkedIn messages just, just from that, just about people following up saying, hey, nice seeing you. Great presentation. Um, so, yeah, I, what an amazing experience. I, uh, I, I think that you know, that whole presentation, I got to give kudos to you, right? You, you, I put everything on a whiteboard, I think, and you took a whiteboard session and turned it into, you know, however many slides that was. And then uh, our color coded dots so that I didn't lose track. Uh, <laughs> Steve, was, this is your slide to talk about. This is my slide to talk about. And I, I made a little Natasha language, languaging in that presentation to here and there. So. No, it's good. I, I enjoyed it. And, and again, that whole presentation was just based on experience, right? It was based on, I mean, it should have been called, it should have been, you know, titled what not to do. Um, hey, yeah. that was our, that was our presentation last year. What not to do when building out a uh, GSOC. We're good at telling people how not to make the same mistakes we have, right? Yeah, no. And, and I, and I think that the one thing I got from this year was, the level of camaraderie in the industry has grown tremendously. And I don't know if it's just because weaving with more aligned thought process, uh, you know, um, I will tell you, I, I really enjoyed meeting in person, Ralph and Olivia, um, who I'm talking with this afternoon and, and their, their, their mission is just phenomenal what they're doing. Um, so let's give them a shout out. Let's talk about what they're doing. Project CF. Yeah, go ahead. So Ralph and Olivia both have security backgrounds and they have taken what they do in the need of their business and they are utilizing that and helping bring down human traffickers. So that's a part B. What they're working on is a huge complex to actually help train security professionals, but also give a safe haven to human trafficking victims, somewhere they can take them out of the areas where the human traffickers typically know to target and go stalk. And they give them a safe, secure, guarded compound to keep them safe and let them grow their own food, be with people that have gone through what they go through, what they've been through and help them heal. And they're in the works of standing that up. I think they're in the fundraising stage right now, but to the, the mission and the altruism they lead with is inspirational to say the least. And I'm here for it. The North Group's here for it. And I'm just so happy that that was the first time I got to meet them in person. So that alone was worth the trip, right? And I think you can kind of echo that feeling. Yeah. I, I mean, just just them being the humans that they are, right? I mean, I, I just, it's hard to find so many people in one place that you align with, right? That that just that just mean they, they kind of just reach your heart as a human being. Um, I, I think that's that's what's I'm, I'm seeing more and more of that in the industry, which is exciting, right? Because nobody just wants to get up and solve other people's problems every day and not enjoy what you do. But, you know, you look forward to going to these things because you see people that are actually making a difference in the world and they're aligned with your values and, and, and your goals and your objectives. So, yeah, they're they're amazing. Everything they're doing over there is just phenomenal, and I'm excited to see um, any way we can help them and our network can help them. Absolutely, and of course, we were introduced to them via the great Lee Alton from the Kindness Games, who is a dear friend of ours. And talking about alignment of values, right? Like I think what we're seeing is, and and I still 
every time I have a microphone, I endorse the kindness games, right? And I still get a few eye rolls in the crowd here and there because I know it's touchy-feely for some of you. But let me explain what the kindness games is truly about. It's not about being nice. It is about leading with empathy. It is about lifting one another up in this industry that's massive, but small all at once. And the great thing about surrounding yourself with people that want to empower you and others and share their networks and collaborate is that you do start to surround yourself with people who align value wise. So it was really nice to follow our presentation up with going to Lee and Tim's presentation on how to build autonomous teams. And they talked about the same topic, leading and leadership values. And it was nice to sit in that presentation and go, wow, like we echoed them. They echoed us. Like this is incredible that we are sitting in a room with people that want to change the way leadership looks, right? In a very positive, empowering way. Did you feel that when you watched their presentation? Yeah. And I mean, what speaks volume? Well, one, I mean, I I mean, Lee is a friend, a mentor, a sounding board for me, as is Tim, uh, Brian Flannery, the whole, the whole, you know, foresight group, right? I mean, they yeah. just got, they've got an amazing team. Yes. Um, you know, they, they, uh, it's, it's interesting, right? To see people from so many different walks of life, so many different regions. The one thing we're all coming to is not, we're human. We make mistakes, but how do we correct that? And how do we lead by, by correcting our mistakes? None of us are, you know, creatures of, of kindness. Um, in fact, a lot of us come from a world where it's, it's much easier to be hard than it is kind. So we're breaking down walls and breaking down barriers to understand. And that, and that's, what's cool, right. Is, is you're, you're like, you know, you're, you're kind of looking at it like you can still be polite, professional, treat people with kindness, but have a plan to kill everybody you meet. And, and we're not taking away from that. Right. But you have a way with words, sir. But I'm just saying, like, it, it, it's, it's, you can, you can be that person, right? I, I, I guess for me, it's just an ownership thing, right? Owning, owning your failure, owning your gaps, owning your blind spots, and then saying, hey, how can I lead my team better? How can I lead my department, my division? You know, how can I manage this, this security project better, these people better, right? None of us were born great leaders. I don't think anybody's born a great leader. I think through failure and adaptation and, and absolutely and perseverance, right? You're you're growing as a leader, and I think that you know that's what their presentation was on. That's kind of what ours was on. You know, it, it was the evolution, right? And I I will say one thing that I I guess I didn't like about GSX is there wasn't enough time to meet with everyone. There never is. You know, there's biggest regret, which is why I'm making it a purposeful, you know, piece for me is I want to, I want to be reaching out to people um, more, right? I want people to reach out to us. And, and I'm not talking about just for business. I honestly, relationship and, building, I'm, I'm shooting myself in the foot from the BD standpoint here saying this, but I could care less about the business development. I care more about, Hey, are you struggling? Do you need something? Do you want to bounce something off me? I talked to a couple CSOs and director friends that I haven't seen in a while. They said, hey, what do you think about this? We sat down and had coffee and I said, hey, tackle it this way. 
called me, you know, this week and said, Hey, I tackled this that way. And that was great. That really helped me. Like, I love that. Like, I don't, it isn't about, it isn't about the bottom line. It isn't about it. You know, not everybody isn't a sale, right. You know, it's, it's, I just love the humanity side of our, of our kind of, of our industry and where it's going. So this is a conversation I just had this morning and I'm not like, I know Steve is technically my boss, but he is also, you reach, you reach different levels. Right. And I was just having this conversation with someone I met for the first time at GSX. I think she is a superstar in the making. Her name is Erica Banks. And we were talking about how this is the reason I work. This is the reason I work for Steve and I work for the North group because we don't put, and again, this doesn't make sense to a lot of people. You running the business like this, me in charge of BD, right? But we don't put the money above relationships because money will come Referrals will come if you build true, authentic relationships with people and you put in the effort and you reciprocate giving, collaborating, introducing, right? That comes with it all. And so when I had this talk with Erica, who's coming up in the industry, this was her first time at GSX. She got brought into the kindness games by Michael Gibbs and Tim. And she said, I was so impressed with the fact that everyone was just kind, introduced me to people. And she's like, I just want to build relationships. She's like, I'm not trying to pitch. I'm not trying to sell. I'm just interested in genuinely connecting. And I, and I know I am such a mouthpiece for the kindness games, but coming from a networking group perspective, this is where they get it right. It's not about well, I can't intro you because then you might take my business away or, well, you know, you're new and you don't have enough experience. So it'd be uncomfortable. There's none of that. It is literally like if you are standing with me and the head of ASIS walks up and says, hello, I'm going to introduce you to Tim. I'm going to introduce you because it only benefits me to have more people in my network that I can call on and work with and trust. Right. You so know, that's I, well, and this is just, I think, proof and proof in the pudding here right i've never seen never seen a banker behind a hearse and i've never seen a banker stand up and eulogize somebody it's true right yeah i've never seen the financial advisor get up at the podium at somebody's funeral and go well just so you know on january 5th 2023 they grossed this much correct and their portfolio was worth this much at the end of the day, what people get up and say about you at the end of your life is, you know, he, he was an asshole. But when he screwed up, he made right. He apologized. He owned it. He would give the shirt off his back for you. Um, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people in that group, right? I mean, just a few off the top of my head that we've already named, but, you know, that I would, I would go to war on a – I would go to hell on a white horse for him. And in 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 a in a New York minute. Now I will tell you, there's people like we didn't have time to see, and I feel horrible about that. There's so many people that I came from Europe and came from other places that I didn't get to spend time with. I didn't get to spend any time with Ori from Max Security, who I absolutely love. Everything that Max Security does, they're amazing. Um, you know, but I, I got half. I hung out with Ori for a little while. Okay, well that's good because. <laughs> He's a, he's a ball buster. So, 
Yeah. But but I I feel bad because like I mean these are people that are constantly reaching out, constantly staying, making sure. And I think that's my one advice to people is maintain being plugged in to the people that you talk to. We got to get better in our industry at not just relying on people when we need them, but staying in constant communication. And that's I wouldn't be able to do that without you, right? You you kind of you know you and the whole team here at the office they kind of help streamline that, but. Um, there is no relationship that's not worth pursuing the road of where it could go, right? Um, I, I'm trying to be better and more purposeful at that. Even if somebody doesn't have value to to our mission today, they might say at some point. So how do I how do I keep them in my ecosystem, right? How right. Do I keep continuity and connectivity with them. It's true. Know. So you said something a few minutes ago that I want to come back to. You said breaking down walls. So speaking to that, so after the presentation and I think in between ours and Lee's, I was I had the um, I had the honor of going to the CSO Center. Brick Galley, who heads up women in security for ASIS, invited me to come be part of a conversation um, on women in security. And instead of this just being the normal like here's what we need to do. Here's what we're facing all in all. They literally opened the floor, passed around the mic and said, what can we do better? What can we do to empower uh, more women to come into the industry, to feel like they have a seat at the table, to apply to be part of the CSO Center? Because I did not realize, and I want to spread this message because they asked us to, you do not have to be a CSO to be part of the CSO center. You just have to be a top security professional underneath the CSO or like, uh, you know, a VP, like there are different requirements, right? So you don't necessarily have to have the title of CSO to be a part of that. And you also, when these sessions happen, don't have to be a member to take part in the conversation. I didn't realize that. I would have never shown up if Britain had, had not extended that invitation because I'm not a member of the CSO Center. So I didn't know it was an option to even go to the session without an invitation. But in fact, it was. And the amount of diversity that was in that room, as far as men, um, women from all different parts of the world, it was such a great group. And everyone gave thoughtful feedback, right? And how if you want to be an advocate to bring a female perspective to things, you you and, and everyone, I'm not saying you men, me as a woman too, we have to empower one another to make sure that we encourage each other to not just fight for a seat at the table, but to use our voice once we're at the table and to well, feel empowered to do that. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, gender shouldn't be a differentiator in the industry. I, I think that it shouldn't matter whether you're a man or a woman. You have the knowledge and experience. I look at it like the argument about women in the military, right? My my argument has always been if you can hold your own and you can you can pass the tests, you can carry the weight, and you can run the miles, you can do the reps, then fine, right? But there's no there's no differentiator between how many reps, how many miles, how much weight, right? If you can if you can run the mile, and there are women that that can do it, there are women that can hang in on on those reps. Um, I think that's the same on the thought. I mean, I I, I we have a couple, and I'm not going to identify them because they would get they would get mad. But 
is a couple women I know in this business where put them in a boardroom. They're dangerous. Put, yeah. them, in, put, them, put them at a negotiation table. Put them, put them in an acquisition and a merger situation. You know, ha- have them go out and, and do a risk assessment. Um, not to mention, you know, the array of women that are in the executive protection industry that that are very good at what they do. They're very good at 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 managing people, managing managing through chaos, staying calm, cool, collected. I think the number one thing. Yes, it's more than just physical capability. It 100%. is. And, it and, is mental. Yeah, and that's and that's and I don't mean any of that literally. I mean if you yeah. can do the reps, if you can carry the emotional weight, the the stress, yes. right yes. of it. I mean, like I think that's what it comes down to. There, there is a, there is a part of the industry that is, has a stigma, men over women. Um, and I do hear that from a lot of executive level women in the security space. Um, I don't see that, uh, a lot, (laughs) but occasionally, you know, you do and you kind of scratch your head and you're like, Hey, probably shouldn't handle that that way. Um, but it's. I don't know. I, I think there's a I think there's a great place in the industry for people to kind of have a more accepting mindset based on skill set, uh, knowledge. I mean, everything about this industry is about being able to adapt yourself in, in a situation and, and problem solve. Can you problem solve? Well, and I think, you know, one point I made um, when I was my turn to talk on the mic at that women in security conversation is that. And I've, and I've said this openly a lot, you know, I don't have the security tactical background. So for me, sometimes I, I forget what I bring to the table is valuable because I am an outside perspective. And I think even here I am, right? Like 43 years old, a lot of experience in, in the workforce. Sometimes I suffer from imposter syndrome and we have to help people get over that and show them why they are valuable. And, and you do a really great job with that with me. You check me. But but I think even women, sometimes unsolicited, um, but I think women that even are at the highest point, like I heard women in that meeting that are in very high level security positions that do have the security tactical background. And they raised their hand after I said that. And they said, hey, Natasha, I suffer from imposter syndrome. Like that happens with me. And so if, if these women are feeling that, I think as an industry, we need to do a better job at making sure that women feel empowered so that we can lose that imposter syndrome. And men too, right? Imposter well, syndrome sucks. It, it goes back to breaking down a wall, right? It goes back to breaking down a wall. I mean, at the end of the day, like there, there shouldn't be the wall here, right, of... of and I, and I think that there's organizations, I mean, Ontic, I, I got to go back to Ontic, right? I mean, the leadership at Ontic. We love Ontic. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the people at Ontic. I mean, Ontic yeah. as a business, you know, but they're great. But at, the people that are leading are leading from the front and they're not holding back anything, right? Um, I will tell you, you know, I'll give a shout out to... Um, a couple other people, right? You know, we we've had the conversation. Um, my my friend and and the uh, you know chairman of the board for the BEPP, 
James Cameron. We've we've James James has a tendency to ruffle feathers, and we laugh about it all the time. Him and I, we, yeah. we joke about it, right? Um, but you know, James is, and and I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but I'm going to say it anyways. He can he can punch me in the face if he wants. Um, but but you know, James has foregone many luxuries in his own business to do the right thing um, when it comes to keeping people safe. Um, and, you know, when you look at people, regardless of their personality, regardless of their leadership, regardless of their, their, their business, right. It's ethics. And I respect people that are willing to say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm never going to trade my ethics for, for money. I'm never going to trade my ethics for, um, my, my, my vision, uh, for what I see, my, see myself doing or see, see me touching lives. Um, there's a lot there. I mean, and I, and I don't want to throw too much of his business out there, but I, I sit with a guy, I sit with guys like that all the time. I sit with, with women like that all the time that are just selfless when it comes to their business, but there's a perceived notion of them but that's not who they are. That notion isn't who they are. And I think that the way to break that down and the kindness games does a great job at this, right? Cause, yeah. cause it kind of cuts through the drama cuts through the, the industry BS, if you will. Um, and it brings people together, but yeah. my, my call to action for people is get involved with people that you may not know or may not like. I had a conversation with somebody well, I'm not going to name um, who I've I haven't been at odds with, but there's been this stigma between us. Like we don't really know each other. And I had a great conversation with him recently. Um, and I, I don't know. And sometimes things just build that way. Right. Yeah. In the industry. But I will tell you, you know, when you sit and you just talk to someone and you get to know either why you don't like them or why you do like them or why they have this opinion or why they think this about this or why they said this on social media. We allow ourselves too much of an opinion based on actually not having a conversation with anybody. On but, assumptions. But assuming because of something, it's funny. I have this conversation with people all the time. More people in relationships, in work life, whatever, get into fights because of a text message <laughs> because there's no emotion. The level of interpretation, especially between men and women, my girlfriend, literally, this is a sidebar, but I think it's relevant. I'll make it quick. She got into a fight with the, with her husband. And so they sat down and each of them read the text message, how they intended and how the other person heard it. And it was like over here, which was comical to both of them. They found comedic relief in it, but it just goes to show like when I say something over text, this is how I'm in, this is how I'm intend, intending it to sound. And then Steve hears it as, you know, and it's like, oh, that was not at all hey, what I, I, I listen. I do it with my wife all the time. Yeah, right? sure. yeah. What do you want for dinner? Right? You're not making dinner, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, but it's, but it's, but it's because we're reading things, we're working, we're operating. And I think part of it is like, it's on social media too, right? You know, we yeah. see stuff that people post on industry. I, I'll stay away from politics with it, but 
when you see somebody at a conference, walk up and say, hey, how are you doing? You know, and just maintain a relationship. One thing I'll tell you, and I and I had a couple examples of this that I'm not going to get into this past conference, but people that I've known that have had issues with other people are now in a position of leadership where that person's on their vendor list. Yeah. And you got to have a conversation. You got to talk it out. You, There's you, no you, reason you, to hate. Listen, unless you're a child trafficker, you're, you're a terrorist, or you want to kill Americans or innocent people, then nobody should hate anybody, in my opinion. Right. 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 You should be able to bury the hatchet. You should be able to drive on. That's my mission today is to find people that I've wronged, I've hurt, or have hurt me and say, hey, I'm sorry. Hopefully you're sorry. We don't have to be friends, but let's move on. Let's let's find a way oh to come inhabit in the industry. The industry is too small to not it is too have small. That. It is too that's, small. That's, I watched two people in one venue at one event Tuesday night that hate each other walk up and treat each other with kindness. And I was like, high five. High five. Did I just make that happen? That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. Mission success. I can go home. Yeah. I mean, I tend to, at a fault, sometimes probably see the good in people. I like the human side of people and I don't concern myself with the opinions that people have of them. They don't concern themselves with the opinion of sheep. Is that what you're trying to say? Kinda, I guess. And I don't, <laughs> Steve's favorite phrase. And so I don't concern myself with it because I like to see that more human behind the curtain side and if I get a little bit of vulnerability and I see good in someone, they're in my circle. I don't care what public opinion is, right? And so I I think it's so important just to for that. But I want to keep going with the conference. Okay, so we did all of that. And then Monday night, we had the chance to go to several networking events that were put on that were fantastic. We had a great time. A little trouble finding some of them in the Uber but, um, but we had a great time hanging out with all of the people, meeting new people, and then jumped to Tuesday. Tuesday morning, Steve and I stood in line, and I was so impatient. I, I thought there was no way we were going to make it in to see George W. speak because Secret Service was closing the doors. They were closing the doors. And the line, mind you, went on for a mile past where we were. But somehow... We snuck in and we had the chance to see him speak. And this was the first time for me, not for you, that I've seen him speak in person. And I wrote about it in a post, a very brief summary of GSX um, on social. I was struck by how down to earth and funny he was. I was not anticipating his comedic. He was, he was, he was riding the speaker hard. Oh, Tim is from Canada. So I wrote Tim and I said, fantastic job. The fact that you are Canadian made it so much lighter and funnier because W took jabs in very, with good humor and good intent, but it was a fantastic Q and A. It was casual it addressed things. And, and what struck me was not only his comedic relief, but also his ability in a time where everything is so polarized. And again, I spoke to this on my post as serving a message of hope up. I loved that. Loved it. I will tell you that I took away something very big from that. Um, 
because I'm a little bit more like doom and gloom on the reality side. Like it's all going to hell. And rainbows. It's all it's all going to hell in a handbasket. Buy ammo, buy more guns, and and stockpile food, and you know heirloom heirloom seeds. Um, but he said something that one. You know, I like many, and I'm nobody in the sense of this, but I like many went to war at his direction as commander in chief. So yep. to stand in a room again with him as my second, third time to hear him speak, um he he was my boss at one point. He was the big guy, you know. And you know, I made a decision to to go fight in the global war on terrorism, uh, because he said we should. And, and because of what happened on 9-11. So for me, that that's just always an emotional thing, right? Like, this is pretty cool. Um, because I know through other guys what he feels uh, for what he did, you know, for what he sent guys to do, men and women. What he sent men and women to do, he he feels for that. I mean, it's, it's bothered him since his presidency. You know, that, he said that. He said the thing that kept him up at night was worrying about the troops he sent out. Yeah. And I respect and it, that. That's huge. Right. Cause you know, it, it's just, it's a, it's an emotional thing, right? Because you can say what you want. Conspiracies, this conspiracy, you know, everybody can say what they want, but at the end of the day, try, try being the guy that had to make the decision to send men and women to go and fight. And then you got to live with that for the rest of your life. And everyone can Monday morning quarterback mm-hmm. or whatever the, the phrase is. I always get it wrong. But the fact of the matter is, is he did have to make a split second decision. Almost everyone was behind that decision in that moment. And I want to ask you, sitting in that room, you're saying you were emotionally touched by it all. Did it have a bigger impact on you hearing those words, given the timing? We got to hear him speak the day after the anniversary of 9-11. Did that play into your emotions? Uh, no. I mean, I've sat through plenty of 9-11s now. Um, you know, been to plenty of memorials and, and plenty of things. I, I think for me, what hit me that he said was who holds the office of president doesn't matter. It's the office itself that is the symbol of, of what it is. That's right. It's not the occupant. It's not the occupant. Right. And, and for me, there's something to that. He said the establishment of the United States is the symbol. The people that hold office are just puppets. You know, and he, and he kind of said that without, so he said it in a very political way. Um, yes. And, you know, and, and that, and he said, it's going to be okay. And, and he said, it's going to be okay. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, grandpa's telling us it's going to be okay. Like, I, I, I think we can go, <laughs> you know, drinking lemonade and playing baseball now, uh, you know, and, and the other side of it was, you know, he, he talked about, you know, Putin, he talked about Zelensky. I mean, what, what he didn't come out and say is, you know, politicians don't really have, he kind of said it in a roundabout way, and I'm trying to remember the words he used, but it was more or less geopolitical affairs 
will ebb and flow, but America will still be standing. Yep. Right. And I think that's huge. I think that right now, if the American people need to hear anything, it's that. Agreed. If that could be spoke from the presidential podium today, that would put a lot of Americans at ease. I agree. Um, that that would that would have blown water all over the fuels of fires of the riots of 2020. But at the end of the day, when when it when it is when it is designed for people to be given fear as their tool to survive, right? That is more beneficial to an adversarial, you know, dictatorship across the pond. And and I think he sees that, right? And I think his leadership understood that. He he comes from an old way, you know. He talked about his dad. Mm-hmm. He comes from he's, he's the only president, I believe, right? The only president who, yes, had his dad living through his presidency. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's huge, right? I mean, he had guidance and leadership from a, from an understanding from a time not so far long long ago, right? I mean, where. Yeah. I think there's a lot to it. I, I mean, it was inspiring for me to hear. I mean, he's just, he's a phenomenal human being. I, okay. I think he cares. So you know what else he did? He drew attention to the arts community, which I love. So here's the thing. Mental health is becoming a bigger conversation in our industry because a lot of the people that are part of it have seen things. They've had trauma in their lives from things they do. Or, <laughs> My okay. horse. Okay. So equine therapy too. We can give nod to that. So, but the thing is he has now taken up painting. Think about all of the tragic things this man has seen, the decisions he's had to make and he finds solace in painting. And, and we've highlighted this, right? Like in Ukraine with our friends that created the art program for soldiers, like finding that outlet to process trauma is so important to mental health. And even though he didn't speak directly to that, he tied it all together for us in a package with a bow. And, and it's great for us to be able to sit here and talk about that. I love that mental health is a bigger conversation and, and I want it to continue to be. And I look forward to more conferences where it is part of the program. Um, so let's go ahead to the next the next thing. So after we saw the president speak, Now, keep in mind, as Steve said, there were a lot of presentations we would have loved to have made. I had a lot of friends there that were speaking, Sandra, Janet, that we just couldn't make it to, right? Um, But we did make it to one um, I did on that focused with Mary Gamble and Jonathan Harris. And again, Lee was part of that. And it was talking about AI. And what I had to really think about, and I know this is going to make me sound like I'm behind the times on thought process, but I'm just going to own it. Is when I was sitting in that, in that presentation and they started talking about chat GPT, um, it hadn't dawned on me that when I use chat GPT, I'm not giving away our confidential information, but even putting things in like, Hey, I want to reshape Steve Hernandez's bio. And I'm sitting there and I'm giving all of the information. It now has that information. It's collected and it's open source. So that that made me really why, why, why would you do that, Natasha? <laughs> so that that made me really think about what I'm using that application for and how careful i have to be and i'm not saying i won't use it but i definitely the the takeaway from that presentation 
was I need to be extremely thoughtful with the information I am plugging into chat GPT. And then they- chat, chat GPT is taking the metadata, the data, right? And it's formulating yeah. into, into, into what's already compiled on the internet. So um, there's only so many words, letters, numbers in, in, in existence, right? And you gotta look at what's on the World Wide Web, right? So whether you're putting it out there or not, if it's been a bio that's been published online in WordPress, right, in 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 any type of format, yeah, it's mostly accessible. I'm less concerned about the threats of it and more concerned about how do we control it. You and the rest of the free world. <laughs> so, so I think that the conversation, and this is like a whole segment in itself, right? But right. Um, the conversation about this is really everybody wants to just shut it down, run from it, you know, not use it, but we need to understand it because it will become the greatest security threat to humanity at some point. It's going to evolve into that. Whether we like it or not, it's happening. Okay, let's table. I should have not brought up AI. Let's table this. Don't go down the AI road with me. Because we're going down the AI rabbit hole. Let's let's get out yeah. of this. So I want to I want to continue through the process of the day. So we're watching have- a really cool documentary on it right now on YouTube, and it's absolutely terrifying. Okay, Steve, we're going to table this. I'm sending it to you right after. Okay, this. you send it to me. Okay, so we also got some one-on-one time with some industry. Um, you know, friends of ours, we got to sit down with Chuck Tobin, Scott Hooper. Um, and then we, we capped off the night with the truly my favorite group of humans. Right. And, and I want to give, I gave a nod to Mike Petty the night of, but this was our last night at GSX and Mike Petty is the king of kindness and pulling people together on a personal level. And Mike was able to get a huge group of us to all go to sing karaoke. And yes, Steve sang. I sang with my dear friend, Jason Sakura. And um, I, I was not there for all that. I missed that. Well, you missed some of it, but you were there for some of it. So I, I missed, I missed most of that um, because some of us will not stay out till the, uh, I mean, that's an irrelevant conversation, Steve Fernandez. I just like to maximize my time with my kindness games folks while I can that once a year at GSX. So anyways, I just want to give a huge shout out to Mike Petty because he is such a great guy. Mike's amazing. He's a connector. Mike's in this world. Mike Petty, you need to, you need to come to Michigan. Um, You're amazing. We love you. You're just an amazing human being. Seriously, dude. Like you, you, couldn't be, you couldn't be nicer of a human. I, I don't know. You make me want to be a better person every time. He does, doesn't he? He I think he has that effect on everyone. Okay, yeah. so what everyone brought home from GSX was sickness. So the next morning at the airport, I had to go buy a blanket from the airport gift store and I just was like done. GSXed out. And you I sure that wasn't all the karaoke and you did with Mike Petty? <laughs> it could have been, but I had a cowboy hat in hand that I got as a souvenir because yes, I was that girl while in Texas by a hat. So here I am like with my airport airport blanket and hat. My my wife, my wife has a hat wall. So you know well, your wife is why I bought a hat because when I visited you in Michigan, Danielle was sweet enough to let me borrow a hat and I fell in love with her hat. 
and I would have stolen it if I could have. But she loves her hats. What'd you say? She loves her hats. She's, yes, she, yes. She's got it. She's got an eye for them. You know, it's funny because I I was talking to her one time, and I I think I was talking to Chuck uh, Andrews, and and I'd never heard of a hundred X hat. Like I didn't know what that meant. Like I, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, like you have a 10x, a 30x. So it's it's the I don't know, somebody on here, you, you guys are you're gonna crucify me for this, whatever. But I it's the basically the quality of the hat, right? What material or, or animal it's made out of. But yeah. you can get like a chinchilla hundred X hat and they're like fifteen hundred bucks. I mean Oh yeah, no, it's it's like cowboy boots. Like you can, sky's the limit. Go to Lucchese and drop four grand on cowboy boots. Holy cow! Yeah, those yeah. Are stay crazy. away from that. Don't let that become a hobby. How about that's my Christmas gift from you, Steve? <laughs> no, I'm no, no. Okay, I already got one hat person in my life that <laughs> cowboy boot Fair. person that she Fair. she she takes up all my buying power. Okay, so wow. here's how I would like to wrap up this podcast. I want to give a huge shout out to the current president of ASIS, Tim, the incoming president, Cy Oatridge, all of the people who put together this wonderful conference, all the committee members. There are obviously too many wonderful humans that we know that that help do this. And we want to say thank you for having the chance to present. It means a lot to us. And we are here to support ASIS in any, any way we can. And I just really appreciate all the effort from everyone who put this together. So I enjoyed it. Happy to be a part of it. So glad the North group got to be a part of it. Steve, closing words here. Yeah, no. Um, listen, I will tell you right now, uh, just looking at my notes here, right? I've got a number of people, a number of people, uh, Nate Green, right? Um, shout out to you, right? Cy, oh my gosh, just talking with him was phenomenal. He's, he's an amazing human being. Chuck Randolph, Brian Flannery, Lee Otten, James Cameron, Chuck Tobin, uh, Scott Hooper, right? Yeah, I mean, just amazing people that we got to spend time with. And, and here's my thing, right? There's so much leadership in these names and mm -hmm. experience. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love. I, I love just love hearing the stories. I mean, I've been so blessed to build a relationship with Chuck Randolph over at Ontic and, and just get to know him and his story and see kind of how he leads and how he thinks. And, and it's just, it's so, it's so fruitful to see other leadership in action and then be able yeah. to kind of, kind of just model that in your own life, your own walk, your own business. Right. Absolutely. Thank you guys for being amazing. And thank you, Natasha, for continuing to, to spread kindness, sometimes too much kindness, but it's okay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for that. And no, you're amazing. And listen, here's the thing. I will tell you, if you don't go to GSX, if you don't go to IPSB, if you don't go to the BEPP conference, go to these conferences. Get no. in front of people. Don't do it just for business. Don't make it a bottom line decision. Right. You're going to have clients you got to meet. You're going to have things you got to do, but build relationships because you're just going to feel like a better person afterwards. That's what matters. All right. Hey, and if you want to check out more of our podcast episodes, do that on TNGdefense.com. We have our YouTube channel. You can check out just the audio on Podbean, Spotify, or iTunes. And we just thank you for watching. Thank you for your support. Go have a wonderful day. Thank you, Steve, for giving me an hour of your time. It's much appreciated. And uh, I just look forward to the next one. Thanks, everyone. Cheers.